We've been hearing a lot about the art of bartering prepper items in the event of an SHTF situation. So we've come up with 12 categories of items that can be used for bartering, not only during a prolonged emergency or a supply disruption, but also for ordinary everyday life. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is September 20th, 2023, and this is episode 418. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions. Just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about 12 categories for potential barter items that could be valuable during SHTF. Now, if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info slash 418. If you aren't receiving the Practical Prepping newsletter, go to practicalprepping.info, click on free PDF, and you'll receive the free Getting Started in Prepping PDF, and you'll be added to the newsletter. So let's talk about it. Bartering. Bartering is the trading of goods or services. And, you know, societies have been doing that across the ages. Now, you know me, you're a local educator. I'm going to throw a bit of history in here to understand humankind and bartering. Historically, goods were sold and traded among cultures and nations. You know, trade fairs, big national trade fairs became important in the Dark Ages and the Middle Ages. Did you know that even Christopher Columbus was tasked with finding gold and riches as his primary goal for exploration? You know, and we have some modern-day barter sites like FreeCycle, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and Bookmooch, just to name a few. Do you know if you go on the Internet, you can find over 25 Internet website bartering areas. And these offer endless opportunities to trade goods and services. Do you know humans must have a natural barter chromosome? And it goes all the way back to the caveman. They traded things. They didn't have money. Yeah, they, they would sharpen an arrowhead and the other one would form a spear, you know. And they helped each other out and they traded those back and forth. Sure. And you go back to the old mountain men. They had rendezvous once a year. Yeah, they, they kind of like the old trade fair of times past. Now, it was a time to party. Oh, yeah. It was a big party for them. Absolutely. But they did a lot of trading with each other, and it was barter. Yeah. And so bartering is sort of a natural thing. We like to trade things of value for other things of value, mm-hmm. things that we maybe don't need. You know, you've heard that one man's trash is another man's treasure. But if we carefully craft our list, the items can be used in everyday life or even during a recession or depression. So let's get into it. Category number one, batteries. Especially the rechargeable ones. Bingo. Don't say, but we won't have any way to recharge it. You're thinking worst case scenario, grid down event. Like EMP, no electricity. Exactly. Exactly. And and at that point, batteries may not be of any use. Yeah. I mean, they'd just be a museum piece. Even though they would still work, (laughs) they're not, they would not be affected by electromagnetic pulse, but snowstorms, recession, uh, long-term, long-term yeah. power outage after a tornado, hurricane, things like sure. that. Batteries would be extremely valuable, and store batteries of all sizes. 
batteries that fit whatever electronics or devices that you have. Now, this next one, I'm really not suggesting stocking up on 12-volt lawn tractor batteries or car batteries, but these are things that could be very, very valuable in those types of situation. It might not be something that you wanted to totally trade for, but you could use it in that sense, especially with an inverter. Now think about someone that needs to run a CPAP. I'm thinking of someone right now that needs to run a CPAP. You're looking at one who needs to run a Uh, CPAP. Thank God for that CPAP. Yep. So in this circumstance, that car battery with an inverter could be an extremely valuable piece of equipment. Okay, next topic is going to be medications. Now think about over-the-counter medications, pain relievers, your aspirins, your ibuprofens, your naproxen sodiums, anti-diarrheal medicines, antacids, antihistamines, and some antibiotics that can still be purchased through some veterinarian supplies and pet supply places, and your basic first aid supplies running the range from simple band-aids to gauze to antibiotic ointments and creams. Yes, and using these in everyday life, I've already used two today. Oh, of course, because you're a lolly. <laughs> That's sort of a joke. If there's a if there's a rafter he can run his head into or a furniture leg he can stub a toe on, he will find it. Yeah, I have a grandson whose last name is not Lolly, but his mother's maiden name is Lolly. And you run into something, you do a boo-boo. He says he did a lolly. Yeah, he did a lolly. He yeah. <laughs> but I've already hit the pain relievers this morning. Uh-huh. I will hit the antacid later, and I will also take an antihistamine later today. Mm-hmm. So those are things that we could barter if we needed to. Absolutely. But if we don't have to, they can be used here today. Okay. Next category would be personal hygiene items. Toilet paper. Hey, now. Hey, listen. Three years. We've already seen that one bartered. (laughs) That that got to be a pretty hot button issue three years ago in 2020 when toilet paper just went missing. And so it taught a lot of folks about prepping and preparedness and having something on hand when you need it and stockpiling it. And so toilet paper or soap, uh, bar soap, liquid soap, toothpaste, uh, toothbrushes, uh, mouthwash. How about deodorant and feminine hygiene products? You know, those there's going to be some young ladies that still need to use personal feminine hygiene products. And so those types of things, believe it or not, could be a very valuable barter item if the need should arise. Right. How about fire starting supplies? Oh, that's going to be a big one for bartering. It could be. Now, in a situation where we don't have electricity, we're going to need to be using that grill. We're going to need to be using the propane grill, the camp stove. We're going to need to use the charcoal grills outside, of course. But that means that we're going to need matches. We're going to need lighters, pocket lighter, fire stick, I, I not a smoker, but I carry a lighter. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I carry a butane and plasma lighter combination in my pocket. And for the hardcore prepper, ferro rods. Ferro rods, yes. And we could be needing to barter those at some point. Let's take a quick break for sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute. 
We were researching the other day for an episode on prepping for winter, and we ran across some information that indicates we may have a colder and wetter than usual winter season. For most of us, that means the possibility of more snow. Do you remember those historic snowfalls from last year? Some states saw 10 feet. Hey, and remember those freezes that took place in Texas? That was unprecedented, and many people were running out of food. For Patriots is running some specials of 25-year storage survival foods. We have some of these, and they are pretty good. Right now, in September of 2023, they are running the 72-hour survival food kit for just $29 and the one-week food survival kit for just $77. This is the survival food you can keep on hand for years if you don't need it, but you know it's there when you do. For Patriots. The link is on the front of our website, practicalprepping.info. And to save 10% off your first order, use our discount code PREPPER. Is your website old and tired? Does it look like an ad in the 80s yellow pages? Does it have just an address and phone number? Or have you also included email, online shopping, contact buttons, maps, a list of hours? You know, the things you see on modern websites? You need to contact ProLine Digital Group. Eric and his team will bring your website out of the Stone Age and they'll build you a sleek, new, modern website. They can build an app. They can give your business card a facelift or provide digital leads. ProLineDigitalGroup.com Or you can use the link on our website. We've seen all the water system contamination after flooding situations. We've seen chemical systems contaminated with hazardous materials. Our water sources have all kinds of nasty things in it. And the commercial water systems are not actually required to filter all of those out. So how much would you invest to guarantee that your family always has clean drinking water during an emergency? $69.95? Well, that's how much the Pro One Scout 2 portable water filter cost. And it will hold four-tenths of a gallon of water. How about $139.95? That's all the Pro One Big 2 costs, and that guy holds two and a half gallons. That is an investment. And to make it even sweeter, you can purchase that Big 2 with four interest-free payments of just $34.99 each. Don't tell me that $70 or $140 is too much to pay to guarantee you and your family have clean water regardless of the situation. The link to Pro One Water Filters is on our website at practicalprepping.info. Check that out and then order yours today. Someday you will be glad you did. All right, continuing our discussion about the art of bartering, let's talk about water filtration or water purification devices. You know, that is close to my heart. Portable water filters. Now, you see, I think that's going to be a big, huge barter item. Just the portability of it and the necessity of clean drinking water, Those, that's just two checked boxes right there. And purification tablets or access to chlorine bleach in order to be able to chemically purify that water. Yeah, and keep in mind here, we're talking about categories. So this water filtration or purification is a category, and there's a number of ways to do that. And you could have things available for pre-filtering, 
before you even get to the personal water filter. Oh, I mean, what comes to my mind also, what you're talking about, straining through a bandana first to get sediments out. Oh, yeah. Boiling the water, if you have access to be able to put it in a boilable container and start a safe fire and boil it. Also, the life straws, the Sawyer minis, the, the extra water bottles, stored water, that type of thing. And storing water in various forms. Like if you're bartering water, it's more precious than money. And you may be thinking about bartering water by the bottle instead of by the gallon. You know, it may just depend on your situation. And so that's definitely going to be a category that I think needs to be included in anyone's bartering list. Maybe you're the one that needs the water. You're going to have to come up with some items of top value in order to get that water. Yep. And in this category as well would be single wall stainless steel water bottles. Yes. Things that you can, yeah, you can put that on a fire and boil for a while because we know that boiling water does certainly kill off microorganisms that could do your body a lot of damage. Now, this next one is something that would be needed in a very long-term grid-down type situation, but we could definitely need it in a recession or a depression type situation, and that is non-GMO seeds for growing things. Yes, we've got some gardeners out there that would definitely have a high premium on the yield of their garden. My mom and dad used to garden at this house, and their garden was so big. It was way bigger than the two of them really needed, and they actually did it that way to allow neighbors and friends and members of their Sunday school class, basically anyone that really wanted to, to come and pick their garden. Mm -hmm. Now, my mother and daddy were not bartering that. They were giving that away. Yes. But in, a, in an extreme emergency situation, think of it as a form of trade. Mm -hmm. You know, your food can become a form of trade, and those tomatoes are not necessarily cheap anymore. They could be very expensive. You may be growing something different than your neighbor or other friend, and you could trade some of this for that. In their case, it'd be they're not trading, but one is giving the other corn, and that one's giving them tomatoes. Well, I mean, that's a form of bartering. Hey, do you remember that group that we joined and we met a young lady that was into herbs mm -hmm. and making tinctures, medicinal tinctures? So she had actually a pretty elaborate herb garden and learned the skills of being able to harvest those herbs and to extract them into medicinal tinctures. Now that could be an excellent natural medicinal bartering item. Oh, sure it would. Most definitely. This gets back into my wheelhouse here a little bit, and that's tools. Mm -hmm. We need to be looking at the category of tools, and you don't have to have every one of these, and you don't have to have any if you really don't want to, but multi-tools would be a very good thing for barter. Hand tools, hand tools that can be used for repairs, for construction, or even tools for survival tasks. Sure. You know, I'm thinking about knives, hatchets, pliers, mm -hmm. wrenches, socket, you know, there hammers, nails, yep. screws, screwdrivers. Any of those types of hand tools are going to be extremely important to have to be able to, you know, get through a really, really extended hard time. And we probably want to look at the possibility of some sharpening stones. I think that makes a lot of sense because you use a blade long enough, it's going to get dull. That's just a property of physics. And many of them quite quickly. But also something, and, and we do store all three of these, and that's tarps, twine, and paracord. Yeah.
And there's there's countless numbers of uses that mm-hmm. you can make. You can make a makeshift shelter with a tarp and some paracord. Yeah. There's so many things that you can do. You, you can drape a tarp over you for rain protection or wind protection or even snow protection. And we use uh, three or four tarps here on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. It's just we have some outdoor storage, and we just want to cover some things up, and it really makes a difference. Things that could tolerate the weather, but it's better if you keep the rain and such off of them. Now, here's a, a category that I kind of gravitate toward, and that's cooking supplies. Portable stoves. I really enjoy using our portable stove when we're out camping. It's easy to hook up. It heats up like no time because it's a little gas-operated stove, and it's it folds down into its own little box container. It's very easy to tote and to store. Also think about a backpacking stove or even creating a rocket stove. Because Yeah, now the backpacking you know, stove, that's very, very small. Yes, yeah, that's a one-person you know, Well, stove. it's a one-burner. 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 And it will heat up water very quickly. Sure. And one of the things about the backpacking stove is the canisters of the fuel is a much smaller canister just to not take up. I mean, it's nowhere near the one-pound cans that we carry or the one-pound bottles that we carry for the camp. Oh, sure. Like if you're backpacking, you want as little weight as possible. And they screw onto the top of it, and it's about the size of a can of Sterno. Thinking about it, that might not be a bad thing to stock as well. I mean, we're talking categories here. Oh, sure. Stern, you know, cans of Sterno, absolutely. Because what good is a backpacking stove without that source of fuel? Uh, also think about the pots and the pans that you would use. Now, this is where you have to compromise sometimes because grill or campfire-worthy cookware is often cast iron. And cast iron is not lightweight. Mm-hmm. But there are smaller types of cast iron. You can have individual fry pans that are only about, you know, five, six inches across. But you can also use cheap pots and pans for cooking over an open fire. Sure you can. And, you know, it's it's not going to be something you want to display in your kitchen later because it's going to be smutted up and everything else. Sure. And, and some of that stuff doesn't wash off very easily. But that's a good thing to have. And you could barter small pans, small pots. Two-quart pot would be great for purifying water. And I'll tell you, a great place to find some of this cookware is the thrift shop. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks are giving away cookware that they're cleaning out of someone's home, maybe has passed away, and there's just excessive cookware items. And I have found several choices of cookware for very inexpensive prices at the thrift store, so definitely check that out. And I have one that's probably a two-cup pan that, or maybe it's a pot. Sometimes I don't know the difference. A pan is an uncovered cooking device, like a skillet. But a pot has a lid. I'm just saying, if it has a lid, it's a pot. If it doesn't have a lid, it's a pan. Well, this one was probably once a pot. (laughs) Without its lid. It now has no (laughs) lid, and it's carried in my car bag, and I I do that to be able to boil water with it. Okay. I did not know that a pot could go bald. Okay, I get it. Okay. Okay. That's my joke for the day. So how about kitchen knives, 
even you know, steak knives, butter knives, any kind of cutting or slicing type tool would would be great to have extras on hand for bartering. Yes, and I'm thinking about the paring knife. I'm thinking about even a butcher knife if you're able to harvest some type of animal. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need to butcher that thing. And those knives, those very sharp knives would be a good thing to do. Processing vegetables, you need a good sharp knife. Sure. Those are things to consider. Also, one-pound bottles of propane or butane, depending on the type of stove that you have, but in a barter situation, either might be good. Yeah, we're talking about that camp stove that we use. Mm -hmm. It uses an adapter that hooks onto a one-pound bottle, and it'll actually cook for a good while. Oh, yeah. have a good long cook out of that. But yes, if you've got some extra bottles of propane to barter to someone, uh, that's... That would be a great item to have. Now, here's another thought, and we have one of the adapters to be able to fill our one-pound bottles from the big 20-pound bottle. Oh, yeah. Having that adapter, we could barter the propane. We could refill other folks' one-pound bottles. There you go. So think about having some 20-pound containers on hand. We like to have that for our auxiliary heat, for our grill, things like that. But it just dawned on me, in a barter-type situation, we can make a little business out of this and trade you whatever for a pound of propane. You know, sticking with the cooking and foods category, a couple other ones that come to mind would be manual can openers and also spices. Uh, a lot of folks tell me that have been through a crisis situation where they had a prolonged and a prolonged period of time would be somewhere in the two to four week period for most people that they had to hunker down in some kind of an emergency bug out situation or something where they did not have and didn't even think to bring the salt, the pepper, the garlic powder, the onion powder, the Cayenne pepper, the chili powder, all the different spices that put flavor into that food that you're cooking. Now, can you survive on food that doesn't have spice? Of course you can. Of course you can. But why not try to make the situation a little more uh, pleasant? Mm -hmm. If you have some of those spices, it can just kind of take some of the crisis feeling down a little bit. So Spices are probably not going to be that valuable the first day or two. But after you get past a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. they're going to become even more valuable as people are eating very, very bland food if they don't have them. And, you know, having a membership to a bulk item store, a wholesale club, you can buy larger quantities of salt and pepper just to say if you had to pare it down to two. Salt and pepper can be in large quantities and you can parse that down Mm -hmm. into much smaller containers and then barter that for whatever value you can put on it. Let's move to personal protective equipment. Okay, what does this mean? Well, PPE is, is really is context-determined. For firefighters, PPE is their turnout gear, their helmet, their respirator, their... Boots, yeah. Boots yeah. and things. So masks could be something that could be very valuable in a barter situation. I see what you mean. Okay. And really, that probably, and I'm not thinking so much pandemic here, is I am dusty environment. And, you know, people are still actually hand sewing or or machine sewing 
washable, launderable mm-hmm. masks as well. And that might be a good barter stitch, something that's going to have a lasting amount of value. A disposable, those are great, but a washable or something that can be hand laundered and dried and used again, mm-hmm. even better. And gloves. If we oh, have different kinds of gloves. If we have a situation and we have a tornado come through and neighbors have damage and maybe they're not able to go and purchase because of distance or road blockage or whatever, and they need to be working clearing their own property, gloves might be something. And how about goggles? You know, just something for eye protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in that dusty environment, sure, sure. when running a chainsaw, when doing pretty much any type of work outside that has a tendency to throw materials. Yeah, you should always wear some kind of eye protection. Even the weed eater. Uh, mm-hmm. My glasses, when I come in from uh, running the string trimmer, my glasses will have a lot of specks on them where material has flown up. Yep. And so it's good to do that. And another personal protective item would be insect repellent. Oh, that's very important, especially after a hurricane. Yes. Seems like they happen in the late summer and early fall, and mosquitoes are just at their height. Mm -hmm. And after a hurricane blows through, sometimes the weather can be a bit on the warm side. And I'm telling you, the mosquitoes are out in force, and they will eat you alive. Well, I can tell you in Lake Wells, Florida, after Hurricane Charlie... The mosquitoes were the size of crows. <laughs> they were the Florida State bird, huh? <laughs> yeah, the mosquitoes were something else down there at that particular point. And it is true that some people are a little more prone to being bitten than others. And I know there's a lot of science as to why. But insect repellent just kind of levels that playing field. It's just don't get, let them even get a chance to get near you. Don't let them light on you or even bite you. Insect repellent. There's lots of all-natural types of things you can use for that, things that are safe for your children, your pets, that sort of thing. So, yeah, but, insect repellent would be great considered as personal protective equipment. Yep, and to barter it, you can just buy the small bottles sure. and stock up some of those, and that's something that we can use whether we need it for barter or not. All right, communication devices. Okay. AMFM radios, especially battery-operated, may be very valuable barter. Because people have gotten to where we don't have a whole lot of AM, FM radios laying around anymore. You know, we don't. And uh, they're in an emergency situation or even a crisis or cataclysmic situation. Someone somewhere is going to be broadcasting information. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much for you uh, with the AM, FM radio. This is for you to receive information and from some sort of a source to keep you informed so that you can make a decision whether or not to stay where you are or to get out of where you are. Yeah, or where the resources are located. Exactly, how to find some help. Exactly. So uh, after those types of situations, they will let you know that the Red Cross is set up at such and such location, Salvation Army's at such and such location, FEMA is at such and such location for you to register. I know after the hurricanes, they let people know that uh, like extremely important bridges may have gotten destroyed, washed out, or some roads may be impacted. What's open, what's closed, and that type of thing. Now, when it comes to two-way radios, there's a couple of things to look at here. 
for a barter situation, the big box store walkie-talkies that you get at Outdoor Man, Mm -hmm. they are very tradable. You can use those for barter. They're not a long-distance communication device. Those are good for probably a quarter mile, something like that, mile at the most. And depending on the the terrain. Terrain, and, and it could be a very good barter item to have. Now, the Baofeng radio, and I know that a lot of folks buy them, put them in the bag just in case, and they do that because they're cheap. They really are. Yeah, it's a good radio, too. It, it really is a good radio, but it is a steep learning curve on that radio. Now, is this strictly for ham radio use? Well, no. Oh, okay. um, they can be, a lot of those are open, which means that they can be programmed in the FRS, the GMRS. We have one that I still have programmed law enforcement and fire department frequencies and with the code so this one will not just monitor but will transmit and i was a police officer in that county and it was all but one department was analog so i had everybody's frequencies in there they can be used but there is a steep learning curve so if you're going to use that as a barter item, you're probably going to have to set that up for somebody else to be able to use it. Oh, good point. You're good. Very good point. All right, that moves us to fuel. Okay. Storing fuel. A lot of folks would say, well, I'm not trading my gas because of my generator. Well, you might have plenty of gas, and you could trade a gallon of gas for somebody else to put in their generator and you could trade it for something a lot more valuable than 429. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, gasoline would be a fuel that could be bartered. Mm-hmm. How about diesel fuel? What what are some of the things that we would need diesel for? Well, a lot of diesel vehicles, a lot of pickup trucks now have diesel engines in them. Some cars have diesel engines in them. What about generators? There's probably some diesel generators, especially when you get into the much bigger. My cousin doesn't need a gas generator because he's got a welder that's the size that goes on the back of his truck. Ah. And so he can generate a whole lot of electricity with it, and it's diesel. There are some diesel tractors. A lot of a lot of uh, the bigger ones really are all diesel. Yeah. But and I'm thinking Class A motorhomes and generators are all diesel run. Yeah, think about kerosene. A lot of people use kerosene heaters. Kerosene heaters, kerosene lamps. Yep. Propane. Yeah, we were talking about propane before for cooking purposes. But how about charcoal? Yeah. Storing some charcoal. Good old charcoal. Yeah. We do not have a charcoal grill. Nope. But we have several bags of charcoal. Uh, yes, we do. It can be used for barter. It can be used in a fire pit for grilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go out there and just pile it up on the ground and put a grill over it of some sort. Yeah, we've, we've got some just-in-case fuel sources. Exactly. How about fire tender? Oh, tender for a fire would be great. You may be in a situation, you may find yourself in an urban setting, and you are loaded with tender for fire that they're not going to find naturally Mm -hmm. in the concrete jungles of the urban setting. And And we've got about five pounds of fatwood in storage, and uh, we use it very slowly. I mean, it basically takes one stick to start a fire. And, And for that matter... 
ready firewood as well. You know, already cut pieces of firewood could be a great bartering item for somebody that really needs it. A lot of houses have fireplaces in them that don't have firewood. Yeah. They, people are actually going and buying their firewood. And let's just say in a cataclysmic situation, all of those store supply firewood, that's gone. Mm-hmm. And those Duraflame logs, gone. Uh, everything that is intended to be purchased to burn in your fireplace, gone. If you can even get to that store <laughs> exactly. and if it happened to be open when you got there. And if it's that 48 inches of snow on the ground and your power's out, you're going to wish you had some firewood. Yeah, and you <laughs> might be able to trade with your neighbor to get some, or you might be able to supply your neighbor with some to barter for something. Exactly. All right, here's a category that's often overlooked. It's mentioned but it's often overlooked in detail as far as long-term disaster. Yeah. And that is entertainment and morale boosters. Okay. Yeah. Now, a lot of people mention having a pack of playing cards, especially if you're lost in the woods. The best game to play is solitaire <laughs> because yeah. somebody will come along and say, put the black four on the red five. Somebody will. Yeah, they'll do that. Uh, but having those playing cards, having board games. And some of these even come in travel sizes that are a little bit smaller. Same game, smaller footprint. Yeah, checkers and chess. Yeah, I mean, a lot of folks that have kids, they they prep for having toys and Mm -hmm. entertainment for their children. But, hey, there's a kid inside all of us. At some point, we all want to relax and play a game. And books. Yeah, actual books. (laughs) Now, our grandson uh, in North Carolina, he loves books. He loves books book, and I hope that's a quality he never loses. Well, his daddy loves books. Yeah. They go to the library together, and they get books, but uh, he's got, I don't know how many of kids' books, oh, bunch and of he's going to have his Grammy read every one of them to him while we're up there. And I'm doing it, too. <laughs> each time they sit down to read, he brings about 12 books over, and they'll go through all 12 yeah. of those books, and other kids' it. books. I love it. But I have actually done this and just, I don't know, I'm not going to say boredom, but be sitting there drinking a cup of coffee and one of his kids' books is laying there. And I have picked up that child's book. He's nowhere around. And I've read that child's book. And it's really kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. But that would be some things, uh, old paperbacks. Mm -hmm. Would be good. There's a there's a treasure trove of books out there. Yeah, and and they're available in whatever you want. If you're one of those that likes romance novels, keep some of those. Yeah. And you pick those up at the thrift store. I mean, yard sales. You can get them for a dime a piece. And when we're talking about bartering, you know, think about some of the the classic books or very entertaining books, or some even would say post apocalyptic books can be somewhat entertaining, and I suppose that's true. And along the same line, in terms of entertainment and a morale booster, coloring pencils, crayons, magic markers, you know, there's a big industry, and it has been going on really for several years, and it really got popular during COVID, and that was coloring books for adults. And they're really quite elaborate and very artistic and illustrative. Some folks have gotten so good at coloring that they have framed 
their art and uh, and they're using pencils. Yeah, but. color pencils, and of course, children we use crayons and whatnot, and even construction paper and plain paper just to have something to fold, to bend, to decorate. You know, yeah. these are things that can be traded around and can really make a difference for a lot of folks. And I would trade that pound of propane for a Zane Gray Western. There you go. Yeah. Or Louis L'Amour. Or my my favorite fiction writer. I used to love Agatha Christie, and she's great. But Ingal Marsh became my favorite fiction, mystery fiction writer. Look up Ingal Marsh. She's an amazing, amazing writer. Literally, you cannot put the book down. Oh, I would. She's written dozens of books, and they're all good. When you've got a family down the street with five kids with nothing to do, you can name your price on some of these entertainment <laughs> things to keep those kids. The value of your barters just went up. I've been sitting here sipping on a cup of coffee. And, and today's coffee comes from one of our members, Renee. Thank you, Renee. We really appreciate buying us that cup of coffee. And if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little by buying us a cup of coffee? You'll find that link on the front page of the website, and we really do appreciate that. All right, as Krista always says, Stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.